Hey everybody. Today we're going to talk about uh, I'm going to talk about a subject that's not very nice. Uh, this is one that's that's often avoided by a lot of preachers, and for some reason it's uh, just kind of been on my mind today. And so I want to bring it to your attention, and that's the subject of hell. Nobody likes to talk about this. In fact. Just, I'm just going to call him out because I don't even care, but Joel Osteen is one that doesn't like to talk about such things. He doesn't like to talk about sin. He doesn't like to talk about hell. That doesn't bring in the money, and it doesn't make people feel good. But it's something that Jesus talked about. And if you read through the Gospels, Jesus wasn't all about making people feel good. That wasn't the main point of his, of his ministry. It was to bring people to him. And those who had sullied the good name of God, those ones he called out, right? We, we saw him in the temple throwing over tables and things like that because they had taken what was supposed to be a good thing, the, the law, the, uh, the prophets, uh, all these things, and they had, they had sullied them. They had turned them into tools of their own, of their own use. And so uh, Jesus didn't necessarily come. In fact, he said, I have not come you know, to abolish the law, to fulfill it. He said, you know, because of his uh, ministry that that uh, family would, would be against each other. And he also said, contrary to what we would like to hear and contrary to popular belief, the life of a Christian is not to be an easy one. He never said that it was going to be an easy one. In fact, he said it was going to be hard. And uh, one of the things that he actually talked about was hell. And for those of you who may not have heard this before or maybe don't even believe me, uh, I would turn your attention to Luke chapter 16, and we're going to start at verse 19. And here's where it says, uh, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, <laughs> Hades, right? Another name for hell. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And beside all this, between us and you is a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. For I have five brothers, let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone go from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Now, obviously, you and I now know who Abraham was talking about. He was talking about Jesus being raised from the dead and all of those many, many people that won't listen to Christ, 
who won't listen even though he was raised from the dead. And we have that knowledge now, but that wasn't necessarily something that was available to them then, even though Jesus told them that he was going to go and be crucified, right? And rise from the dead. But the point of this is there is a hell. And it's so horrible that this man was in absolute agony, begging that Lazarus dip his finger in water just to cool his tongue. That's how, that's how horrific, horrible it was. And I think, me personally, I think that this is a true story. I think this is something that really happened. I don't think this is just a parable that was made up by, by Jesus, as many of his were. But there's a name given to one of these folks, Lazarus. And so I see this as being a true story. I think this really happened. Now, there's some, some things that you should probably understand that back before Christ died, uh, uh, the, the uh, believers didn't go to heaven yet because they weren't really cleansed from their sins. They went to a place that they call paradise. Uh, they also call it Abraham's bosom. Uh, whatever you want to call it, it wasn't necessarily heaven. But it was there was a separation, as you can see, what Abraham called this, this great chasm between Hades and uh, the, the place where you know the prophets and, and those such as Abraham would be found in Lazarus, obviously in this case. Now, since then, they're allowed into heaven, but that doesn't, that doesn't rid us of this, this Hades, right? It doesn't rid us of hell. Now, hell is a very real place. And as first responders or veterans, whatever that you may be, you and I have this advantage that we, uh, we, we can approach this, this story knowing that evil absolutely exists. And if you're anything like me, you have seen it. You have seen evil with your own eyes. You've also seen good, right? We've all seen good in some form or fashion. And so we know that there is a good and there is an evil. And let me tell you something. We have not seen evil off leash. Okay, just imagine for for just a second, a bite dog, right? Uh, some of us have been bitten by him, right? Uh, me personally, I was led into a hornet's nest by one, so I don't always trust the, the bite dogs. but. When those bite dogs are on leash, yeah, they're terrifying. Yeah, they, uh, they're, they're noisy. They, they look ferocious, right? We call them a land shark. But they don't necessarily have that bite. Not until you let them off leash, anyway. Now, once they're off leash, you, you better watch yourself. Because as soon as they get a bite of flesh, they're not going to let go. And... It's very similar with evil, okay? Right now we have the Holy Spirit that holds them back. The Holy Spirit that lives within the church. That's kind of keeping evil on, on leash, okay? It's keeping them in check. But at some point, the evil is going to be let off leash. And I, well, that's going to be after the rapture, okay? But in hell, there's no leash at all, okay? In hell, there's no handler. There's no dog handler. This, hell is absolute agony, okay? Hell is everything God is not. The Bible says that hell was actually made for the devil and his angels, those who rebelled against God. Now, as humans, we have this incredible advantage to where we have seen good and evil, and so we get to make a choice. And that's, that's part of God's love toward us is that he gives us a choice. It's not a forced thing. He allows us to choose whether we're going to love him back. And he loves us so much that he sent his only son, right? It's, it would be as if I gave everything that I have 
to someone else is a gift. Now it's up to that person whether they're going to accept it or not. But it's much more than that, right? Because here is God's only son, God the creator of the entire universe, gave us his son to die in our place. And it's up to us whether we accept that or not. Now we don't have to. I can say, no, I reject that. And God says, okay, that's, that's your prerogative. That's your choice. You can, you can reject everything that I have given you. But understand that when you, when you reject that, you're rejecting all of the characteristics of God. The Bible says that God is love. You're going to go to a place where there is no love. It says that God is light. Okay, uh, John chapter 1 says that the word was light. The word being Christ was light. And so if we choose to reject that, we're going to go to a place where there is no light. The Psalms tell us that, that, that uh, in the presence of God is, is joy. And so... If we reject that, we're going to go to a place where there is no joy, right? So we're going to go to a place of absolute horror. Everything that we hate, everything that, well, hate itself, hate itself will be there. Everything that, that God is not, that is what hell is. And so if we reject everything that is God, he will give us what we want. And unfortunately, I got to tell you, the same word used when the word talks about eternal life that word eternity that same word is used when it talks about people who go to hell now i think that the one of the biggest tools one of the most successful tools that satan has ever used is the deception of not yet you know there's a story told and i don't I don't remember exactly how it goes, but essentially it's, it talks about these demons coming together and, and trying to come up with a, a, the best way to go after humanity. And one, one you know, demon would say, well, tell them that God's not real. And you know, Lucifer would say, well, no, no, that's too obvious, God's real. And, and they go through a couple other ones, but you know, ultimately one says, just tell them there's no hurry. And that one has been extremely successful. Tell people, oh, it's no hurry. But I'll tell you what, doing this job, I see people's lives taken in an instant. They had no idea it was coming. And it was nothing that they necessarily did in a lot of cases. It was somebody else that was, whose actions caused their life to end. Anything can happen. And if you're not right with God right now, you're rolling the dice and it's and it's not worth it. You know, it's been said that for those who love Christ, this world is the worst that it, that it will ever be. But to those who don't, this is the best it'll ever be. Now, if this is as good as it gets, and it's and it's going to be horrible from here on out, I don't know what I would do. But thankfully, I know that I'm saved, and it's so easy to know that you're saved. It really is. The word says, believe on, on the one who the Father has sent and you'll be saved. Jesus said, believe in me and you'll be saved. John went around preaching repentance. He said, repent and turn from your sins. The word says to be baptized. But I don't believe that baptism is an absolute necessity to go to heaven. Now, contrary to a lot of uh, outside doctrine, 
there's no such place as uh, purgatory. So now is the time to be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Accept that gift of salvation. You were bought at a price, the word says, at a great price. And all you have to do is accept what Christ has done for you on the cross and you'll be saved. And I believe that a change happens within us, whether it's gradual or immediate, I don't know. It's, it's unique to every person, I believe. But there's a change that, that happens inside each and every one of us when we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And at the same time, all of heaven rejoices when just one soul gets saved. So just imagine that. And when you get there, you're going to be in the presence of pure joy, pure love. Uh, there, the Bible says that he will wipe away every tear. Now, I uh, personally, I believe that those are going to be tears of joy because when we show up there, we're just going to be overwhelmed. And uh, I do not want any of you to end up in hell because you decided that you could wait till later to accept the free gift of God. And that doesn't mean that you have to clean up your life today, okay? We don't, we don't wait to be healed before we go to the doctor, right? We don't wait to be healed before we go to the hospital. We're in a broken state. Go to the great physician. Right? The Bible calls God the great physician. We can come before him as we are in our sick, lowly, sinful state. And he accepts us as we are. And it's his righteousness and his glory that will cleanse us. And at that point, he no longer sees you and me. What he sees is Jesus Christ before him. So with that in mind, uh, Lord, thank you for this time together today. I pray that the listener, if they don't know you, will come to a saving knowledge of who you are. If they do know you, I pray that this will motivate them to share the word with others because we don't want any of our loved ones to end up in hell. We don't want to have the opportunity to, to bring your saving knowledge to them and have them... <laughs> reject it that's on them but lord give us the courage to share your word with others so that there will be no blood on our hands when we get to heaven but instead lord please please reach the unsaved especially in this day and age when we are so close we are so close to the end lord help us to finish the race strong and it's in jesus name we pray amen Okay, real quick, uh, we're gonna bring Will back on again here pretty soon. His his program is up and running. I've been doing it myself, and uh, there's a little bit of confusion for me anyway because uh, it's it's gonna be under virtuesportperformance.com. Okay, I, I put an S after sport in the initial where the first time I got on there. But what it's actually is virtuesportperformance.com. Get on there, real easy to follow the, uh, follow the steps to get to the page with the workouts and the first four, the first week is up, up and running. So I'm gonna go and hit it right now. So anyway, God bless, keep up with us, share this because uh, uh, yeah, big, big tech doesn't really like to, to share the Christian message. So it's gonna be, we're gonna be depending on you to do that, okay? Uh, God bless. Take care.